0: Welcome to Funeral Gurus Radio. I'm your host, Robin Heppel from FuneralFuturist.com. Today we're continuing our pre-conference interviews for the ICCFA Annual Convention that is going to be held in San Antonio, Texas from March 10th to 13th. Today's guest is Dr. Nick Morgan from PublicWords.com in Boston. Nick, are you there? I'm here. How are you? Great, thanks, Nick. How are you doing? All right. Well, um... Now, Nick, can you maybe give us just a little bit of background about yourself and uh, and your company, please?
1: Sure. I started as an academic, got a PhD in, in rhetoric, actually, uh, and uh, thought I was going to spend the rest of my life uh, uh, studying uh, Plato and Aristotle and, and uh, Wittgenstein and, and other people like that, uh, the, the greats of the... Uh, uh, philo- philosophical and rhetorical world um, and then I got a call to uh, write speeches for the Governor of Virginia, and that just seemed so interesting. I thought i couldn't pass it up as a way to make uh, real or to test the real world implications of all all this theoretical uh, learning i'd i'd acquired and once I was bitten by that bug, I never looked back uh, so i uh, I taught uh, though I did go back into the academic world to, to teach public speaking for uh, a few years, but then I launched my own business, uh, in the nineties to, uh, help people with uh, public speaking. Um, and, um, uh, we've been going strong ever since.
0: Great. Well, and we can, uh, we can always use tips on public speaking because, uh, us in the funeral industry need to, need to do that. And, and it's kind of sometimes at a difficult time. What, um, you know, the one thing that, uh, uh just to let, uh, the folks who are listening, uh, Nick's going to pre- his presentation is authentic communication. So, um, Nick, not specifically on the on the funeral industry, but what um, what issues or what are the biggest mistakes people make with um, with authentic communication?
1: Well, it's interesting. Uh, uh, let me step back just for a second and say that uh, that authentic communications. Uh, are really the issue for uh, many industries, uh, many people, many walks of life. Uh, we have been, as a as a society, uh, and really I'll, I'll include the whole Western world. Uh, we receive so many marketing messages. We are, are spun. We are uh, uh, told so many things by uh, uh, by corporations, by our governments, that uh, we've gotten very good at sussing out when we're being sold, when uh, when we're being marketed to, when we're being advertised to. Um, and uh, there, there are varying estimates about how many marketing or advertising messages every individual gets on every day on an every on a daily basis. And it's I've heard estimates ranging from thousands to tens of thousands. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're just very good at, at receiving that. And what we crave as a result is an authentic communication. Um, we, we actually look for the real uh, deal, the, the, the person who's telling it to us straight because precisely because in our modern society, we've been spun to, we've been spun and then sold to so so many different ways. So, um, the real issue for people is, is quite personal is that, uh, uh, we're, uh, we are very good as a, uh, as a species, human beings are very good, uh, at, uh, Uh, reading other people's intentions unconsciously Uh, and that comes from our our evolutionary success uh, from the cave we learned to uh, to be very good at at sussing out immediately whether somebody who walks into a room comes into our field of view as a threat to us or not uh, for example Um, and we tend to evaluate people along those lines quite unconsciously as to whether they are authentic or not, and you add to that this uh, the, the modern era, as I've been talking about, all the ways in which we're marketed to, and we have this conscious awareness of being sold and, and spun. Um, so we crave authenticity on two levels: on the conscious level and on the unconscious level. And my work is really in unpacking that and figuring out what is it that makes for an authentic communication, and. What immediately puts us off, uh, we smell a rat. We can tell right away when somebody isn't being authentic. And, and, and that is quite a personal thing. Um, and um, the, the real issue with authenticity is that, uh, let's say you're a, an executive. You may be in the funeral business. You may be in any business. And you have to go in and present to your employees, on some topic, and you want to be enthusiastic right you 're talking about the next quarter and you want to get the employees fired up to do their best uh, to meet the, the next quarter's uh, sales objectives uh, or to help the business uh, grow in some way and what you 've got in your mind and playing in your the un, in the unconscious mind as well as your conscious mind is a whole host of issues uh, you're thinking about your uh, uh, your uh, uh, what you had for dinner and uh, the six different things on your to-do list that you're not getting to because you're talking to the employees and and all the issues that uh, are you're trying to address at the executive level and and so when you look at those employees and you start communicating with them you're not focused solely on them your focus is is fractured and, and comes out uh, in, in a lot of different ways and as a result um, while you may be intending, to talk to those employees with real passion and enthusiasm to get them fired up, the unconscious message you send to them is a much more fractured one. And you may, you may send out that message without even being aware of it. But the result is the, uh, the audience, your employees see that message and, and, and feel it unconsciously. And they say, boy, he's not being straight with me or she's not telling us the whole story here. And again, that may not be your intent at all. But that's what comes across, just because your focus is fractured in a number of different ways. And that's just the nature of uh, of the business world today, As we're trying to do so many things. It's very hard for us to slow down and focus. But that's what authentic communication is. It's focus on a particular audience at a particular time. And that's much harder to do than most people realize.
0: For sure. Well, and, and with you just saying that, Nick, you know, one of the, th- the things that I'm sure – Um, you know, we think it's been happening to us and I'm sure it's happened to others, but, uh, we feel that, um, you know, due to our friends in the media and, um, our critics that we're now, people are skeptical about what, uh, what we have to offer and, and sure some of those things, maybe, you know, maybe we should have run our businesses uh, a little bit differently in the past, but I think we've, um, a lot of funeral homes are are doing, and cemeteries are doing a, a great job now. Uh, but there's still this a little bit of perception where before, um, you know, someone would come in and just let the funeral director, you know, just say you just suggest everything we need to do and we'll do it because you're the expert. Where you know, kind of the table is turned, and and so you know now mm-hmm. it feels that we kind of have to justify everything that we do, and without kind of coming off salesy. And and that, but you know, but also still knowing that we're st- you know we're still in a business and and so how do we how do we improve that and how do we gain their you know how would we gain their trust?
1: Yeah, that's a <coughs> excuse me that's a that's a great question. And you know, that uh, I can't resist pointing out that that's true in almost every industry. That that uh, that's just the nature of of our society today. We are suspicious. We are uh, we are reluctant to give our trust and. And once anything comes along to break that trust, it goes away, and it's just very hard to win it back. I mean, look at the recent troubles that Toyota has been having. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a case. It was a great brand, a company that had enormous trust, and uh, a few missteps. uh, And now just think how long it's going to be before anybody trusts Toyota again. They look just like every other car company now. Um, And so, yeah, you face the same issue. uh, and. Um, not that there have been missteps like Toyota, but, uh, but as you put it, uh, maybe things in the past weren't quite what they should be, and, and now you want to get a new message across to a skeptical audience. How do you do that? And we can talk about uh, certain specific things that you can do to make a, a, a sales pitch or, or, or just a discussion more credible, but the basic rule, the basic uh, uh, insight from the world of commu- communications is – that uh you have to be upfront about the issues and when you try to dodge them because they're awkward then you simply raise mistrust in people's minds and so that and and uh, going back to toyota again a great example uh because they stonewalled for as long as they did or at least that was the public perception of what they were doing uh-huh. who knows what was going on inside but because they stonewalled uh, now nobody trusts them Uh, And the same thing happens in an individual communication with somebody else or with a family. Uh, If you start out by pretending that everything's fine or not addressing uh, potential issues in in those people's minds, um, they're going to be there anyway. Those issues are there in their their minds, and they're going to feel like you're stonewalling them, and that's when the the trust barriers go up. And yet that's hard to do right from the start, to be open and honest about issues that may have been there in the past and that you – uh, that you want to face and deal with and, and, uh, and get out of the way, but that's that's the ironclad rule from communications, it, very broadly speaking, in a number of areas is get the bad news out of the way first, because if you don't, it's going to come back to bite you later, mm-hmm.
0: for sure. And that you know what that happens, and sometimes we, uh, um, you know, there may maybe there's a mistake in the, the obituary notice, or there's a mistake on the. Uh, on the on the marker or the monument or something like that, and uh, you know what, Nick, you're right. Yeah, uh, if you uh, just kind of come out and say, "Hey, this you know this happened," and and you know, kind of um, again communicate that, I think uh, you know the times that you know, and personally, it's happened to me. Um, you know, those times if if you look after it and, you, and if you take it head on, you, you almost come out the other side. Being in a better spot than if everything just went smooth and there was no issue because there not was nothing to kind of um, you know meet that that higher that higher that, that higher call or, or um, you know to, to kind of over deliver um, <clears throat> or to make something you know that was wrong make it right and not that well, you want to in- intentionally do it but right.
1: um, that 's because the relationship has been tested and we don 't we don't trust people. Trust is something that happens uh, over time. And when we've been through uh, something like that that's untoward, when we've dealt with a problem, then we feel like that there's been some time for that trust to evolve. And, and you're, you're absolutely right. It's actually a stronger relationship, uh, speaking strictly from a communications standpoint, a stronger relationship if it's been tested like that and come through successfully to the other side than if it hasn't been tested.
0: Hmm. Great. Now, Nick, you know, some of the other things within, uh, uh, you know, within the uh, funeral industry that um, where we may have communication issues, some, you know, there, there is, first of all, that when we're just dealing with families, uh, you know, there, it's really hard because, you know, here you have, um, uh, you know, the funeral arranger or the the cemetery arranger making, uh, you know, making those arrangements with uh, a family who's grieving and, and now there's, you know, there's pressures on, on, on us to make sure that, uh, sure we're ser- serving those families, but we have to you know, still worry about the bottom line and, and there's more, you know, and newer products that we have to present. So, you know, sometimes we're, we're kind of, you know, dealing with that in our, in our mind and, uh, you know, this, that would be one hurdle. And then there's some other, um, I guess, kind of inter-business communications, whether it's from management to staff or uh, – and what I was sharing with you earlier uh, before we um, started the interview, the, um, you know, the, pre-need, uh, the pre-need division and the at-need division, uh, you know, there's a whole host of opportunities probably where we could improve our communications,
1: yeah, I think the uh, the the bottom line for difficult communications uh, and communications which have potential to go awry, uh, like with uh, employees, uh, is to start with the understanding that every communication, every face-to-face communication, is really two conversations and they're going on at the same time. And that's uh, that's what I really love to talk about is that those two conversations. Um, the, the one is the verbal. That's the the content. That's uh, what you're talking about, the, the obvious uh, conversation. But the other is the nonverbal conversation. And um, people are unconsciously aware of that nonverbal conversation, but uh, only in very specific ways. And because most people are not consciously aware of what's going on nonverbally, they can't take advantage of that. Read it and anticipate problems. See when it's going well. See when it's not going well. Um, and really, the the, uh, the way to get a handle on any kind of difficult communication, whether it's with uh, with your client families or uh, with your employees or whoever it's with, is to understand the basis uh, of of communications which is that there are these two conversations always going on. And here's what happens. The, the There's been a lot of good brain research in the last 10 years or so, and so we understand this much better. And, and a lot of our common sense or uh, basic intuitive understanding of communication turn out to be wrong. Uh, what really goes on is that uh, we think we're focusing on the content, but in fact, when... The, the two conversations are aligned when when uh, content and nonverbal communications are aligned. Then we can communicate effectively. Uh, and then we can focus on the message, on the verbal message. But when they're not aligned, what happens is that people believe the nonverbal conversation every time. And nothing you say will shake them with that. Interesting. Interesting. And it, this is, you can take quite a simple example to understand this. If, uh, let's say, uh, you go home at the end of the day, and your spouse is waiting for you, and he or she has his or her arms crossed and a scowl on his or her face, and you say, what's the matter? And he or she says, nothing, I'm fine. Do you believe the words, or do you believe the uh, <laughs> folded arms and the scowl on the face? So when you put it that way, it becomes simple and obvious, doesn't it? For sure. Uh, but... Uh, we are We are very tuned in to people that we know extremely well, and we pick up those unconscious messages uh, quite easily what 's much harder for us is in these situations when we 're dealing with uh, customers or clients uh, or uh, employees uh, where uh, where there 's more than one person in the room perhaps, or there 's a lot of information coming at us or we 're thinking hard about what we 're saying. Uh, and it's very difficult to uh, to monitor those two conversations effectively and to act on it. And uh, most people don't know the uh, basics of that of nonverbal communications. And so, one of the fun things I like to do is to talk with people about about what's really going on in that nonverbal conversation, to unpack that and show what the research shows about it. Uh, and uh, and once you do that, then it's a real eye opener. You uh, you can start to see what people are actually doing. Um, when you're talking to them, it becomes quite a fun game to watch people's nonverbal communications.
0: <laughs> For sure. Hey Nick, what about um, you know? And before I let you go, um, you know, always try to have a f- couple takeaways here. What so? What happens if you're, you know? I think where this would probably be most help, helpful is when we're dealing with the client families, and. You know, maybe you know. Maybe now we've got a little bit a sense of uh, awareness that we, even though we're trying to, um, you know, we have something to say and we're 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 we have that delivery. And um, is there any telltale signs, um, you know, and probably there are, of uh, when you know that, you know, all of a sudden they've got their guard up and probably from their nonverbal communication. But any. Any little tips or tricks on, on maybe how to um, write the situation right there, just to kind of maybe you know something for their toolkit
1: on um, fixing that? Sure. Uh, the the uh, The classic sign that you see is uh, is open body language going to closed body language, mm-hmm. and that most people are very aware of the standard one, which I referred to earlier, the arms crossed. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, but there are a lot of subtler ones. Um, and you just have to uh, use your unconscious your intuition as best you can to try to figure out what those are uh, I can give you a few examples when somebody turns away from you slightly uh, another another one is simply moving back just a little bit uh, uh, people are generally uh, they tend to uh, increase trust and to show that they trust you when they move toward you when they move closer to you uh, when they move away then they're showing that their uh, trust is is diminishing for one reason or another so that's a that's a warning sign uh, the, the quickest way to uh, to straighten that kind of thing out is to do what we call mirroring, which is to adopt the same posture as as the person. Um, and that we have to get into a lot of detail to talk about when that's possible, when that's not possible, and that sort of thing. But very broadly speaking, it means um, that uh, you want to be. Uh, uh, standing or sitting, depending on what the situation is, in roughly the same <laughs> excuse me, the same way that you're, uh, uh, that the other person is. Uh, for a more even more powerful one, so the first step is to think about mirroring that person. Uh, and so, uh, uh, for instance, if they uh, if they have their um, if you're sitting down and they have their hand under their chin, you might do the same thing. That, what that does is it sends a message of that i'm on your side I'm with you uh, we are aligned uh, and that's very comforting for the other person. so in a time of high stress, uh, you can send an unconscious message to them that hey uh, we're, we're on, on the same side on this we're a team uh, An even more powerful version of that is to align yourself with them so rather than sitting on the other side of the table and, and people do this intuitively when they see somebody's very emotionally upset, what do you do? A smart a person with, uh, with high emotional IQ, if you will, will come over and sit next to them, right, and, and uh, align themselves with them. So you're literally facing in the same direction. Uh, and that's why uh, when people go into negotiations, uh, the smart ones will sit on the same side of the table uh, as the uh, person they're negotiating with rather than the opposite side of the table. Because then uh, then what you're saying physically is you and I are aligned. We're on the same side on this, and it makes it much easier to reach an agreement. In the same way when somebody's really upset, let's say, uh, they're dealing with the, uh, the gr- enormous grief of having lost a loved one, uh, then you don't want to be, to the extent possible, standing across from them uh, because then you could be seen as an adversary. Um, and uh, so, as I say, the most powerful way is to, uh, is to turn and align yourself with that person.
0: Well, that's... Uh... That's amazing. I was kind of replaying the you know different times where I'd been making arrangements and and yeah, you have this kind of when you're kind of shoulder to shoulder, um, you know it. it, it I'm just in the couple of ones that popped in my head, there is that kind of um, ease about it, and and you yep. know, that's probably the reason why. Yeah, yep. um,
1: yeah, yeah. We're very physical beings, and and uh, the, the, what the brain research is showing us is that we. Of course, we think we're conscious beings, and what matters is our conscious thought. But the ratio of unconscious neurons to conscious ones is 10 million to 1. We have 10 million brain cells, literally, firing away, doing things that we're not aware of for every one that we have that we're aware of. Our unconscious mind is much bigger, much more efficient, much faster, um, and much more in control of our lives than our conscious brain is ever aware of. And so that's why those kind of things are so powerful because they send out unconscious messages that hey we're aligned here or we're on the same side, and that's that's much more powerful than anything the uh, the conscious brain can manage or deal with. Oh, okay, so
0: you, you, it's almost that like you can't fight it.
1: Um, it's hard to fight it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I okay. mean it, it, people do sometimes, uh, but um, if if you uh, if you know what you're doing. Uh, non-verbally, and you have a strong, uh, authentic message to sell. That's pretty unstoppable.
0: Okay, great. What if, like what if um, like from the the mirroring one, and I think that a lot of people have 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 probably heard that. Would would you ever like would people's kind of BS meter go off, going, oh that guy's just mirroring me, like or or um, or I guess you just do it in a subtle enough way that. You're not, you know, you just don't all of a sudden, like within a second, change your position that's identical to theirs, right?
1: Right. It's all about tact, isn't it? Yeah. It's all about doing it in a way that uh, looks natural and feels natural. And and really, a better way to think about it is to uh, focus your energy and your attention on that other person and say, ask yourself, what is this other person feeling? And then uh, think to yourself, I'm open to that. I can share that. I'm comfortable with that. I'm, I'm aligned with that. And if you if you uh, align yourself emotionally as well as physically with that person, then it's not going to look like uh, an act. It's not going to look fake. Okay. Uh, it will look real.
0: Okay. Great. Well, Nick, I, you know I don't. This is the first time that I think I may not air this interview because uh, I just want to keep these things to myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> people, people tell me that sometimes. They say, well, I don't want to let anybody else know about this because this is going to make me so powerful. <laughs> Spread the word. <laughs> no, don't
0: worry. I, I will, I will. <laughs> hey, Nick, um, hey, this has been great. Uh, any uh, Before I let you go, any final words uh, about um, about the presentation in San Antonio?
1: Uh, just that I'm really looking forward to working with everybody to to uh, uh, focus on some really practical things, uh, understanding how how uh, these two conversations work and what you can do about it, what you can do to improve your your connection with people and your your communications generally. Awesome.
0: Well, hey Nick, I'd like to uh, thank you and uh, look forward to meeting you in San Antonio.
1: Thanks. It'll be a pleasure. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Great. I'd like to thank Dr. Nick Morgan from publicwords.com who is going to be presenting authentic communication at the 2010 ICCFA annual convention that is going to be held in San Antonio, Texas from March 10th to 13th. For more information and registration details, visit www.iccfa.com. Check back soon for another pre-conference interview. On behalf of thefuneralgurus.com, this is Robin Heppel.